Damn, son, where'd you mint this? Hello, this is Pattern Recognition, episode 11. I am Chuck Anderson, and today I am joined by the one and only Ocean, aka Ocean World, uh, although I think he just goes by Ocean, but I always saw him as Ocean World because I think that's how I was first introduced. Ocean is an amazing artist, designer, musician. Um, I think, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the youngest guest uh, to appear on the show so far. Uh, he is 26 years old, so I got 12 years on him, and I realized going into it, this is my chance to uh, make sure I don't feel too old yet when talking to someone in the generation <laughs> generation uh, after me. I have a brother who's uh, about his age, so I don't feel like too rusty with it, but it's certainly really fascinating to me to talk about, especially upbringing on the internet and the way that that's impacted people's lives seems to be a theme on this show. And it's a very different thing to talk to someone else who's, you know, 38, 39, 40 versus talking to someone who's 26 and what that meant for their creative development, I think is just kind of something that really, really intrigues me and is very uh, fascinating and, and, and just really cool. Like it's very interesting to, to listen to the way that people had their lives and, and their um, careers impacted by, you know, how they learned. Uh, Ocean's a, a true product of, of like, you know, YouTube tutorials and, you know, meeting people um, with really specific kind of niche interests online and finding ways to connect with those people and build um, these dream projects and learn really complex programs and software to make video games, to make music videos, to, you know, build characters and eventually go on tour uh, with uh, his project and, and this character, Yami, that he developed and, and like visit different cities in a, in a big, you know, van or bus. I don't remember what he said they took, but with like seven other people going all over the place and, and doing shows and, and, and just really letting his uh, interests in anime and in art uh, really flourish by being super resourceful, by just working all hours. I really enjoyed, uh, you know, hearing about, you know, the, the tales of staying up, you know, for days at a time, you know, mom getting worried that he's <laughs> off doing things he shouldn't be doing at all hours, uh, only to learn that he's been basically uh, holed up with friends making cool shit on their computers. So yeah, really, really fun one. He's someone who I've gotten to know a bit over the last, you know, year or two and a uh, really cool journey with NFTs as well. So uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun talking with Ocean. If you're not familiar with his work, this is a really good good one to uh, just go browse the, the IG uh, while you listen. I think I think listening to him talk while looking at his work is, is pretty fascinating. And uh, I, I think we'll be really uh, eye-opening. And, and hopefully, if you're not familiar with Ocean's work um, already, I'm, I'm excited for you because it's really cool to see uh, everything that he's built and how prolific he's been and the opportunities that he's is garnered for himself over these last couple of years. So uh, yeah. And uh, just on, a, on another note, um, we're episode 11 here. Um, we just crossed 20,000 total episodes minted last week across just nine episodes, which is just unbelievable to me. So appreciative of all the support that we've gotten on this. Um, again, um, I'm sure you've heard me say this, but 
The episodes are available on Spotify, Apple, um, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can pretty much find this as well as, of course, on Zora. So um, just want to thank everybody again for being a part of this journey, being a part of this uh, show. And yeah, if you have feedback or guests that you want to hear, um, we're, we're always open. I'm always listening to uh, suggestions and um, hit me up uh, on uh, Twitter or wherever. And uh, yeah, without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Ocean. All right. I am joined today by Ocean. How are you, Ocean? I'm good. How about you? <laughs> Doing well. Where are you coming to us from? Um, I'm in Atlanta right now. Yeah. Is that Atlanta born and raised? Yeah. Um, I've been here Yeah, pretty much my entire life. And then you know, like moved to like Tennessee for a little bit. Then I like came back and then started just traveling everywhere. But like this is still like my home base pretty much. Mm. How do you like it there? Does it does it impact anything that you do? Is Atlanta like just like do you, feel, do you feel like you see it or feel it like in your in your work, or is it just where you happen to be kind of thing? It's just like a really stable place to be, I guess. So like my mm-hmm. brain's like and like sporadically like I guess creative or whatever. And like okay. the balance of like stability and chaos is nice, you know. That's good. So it's like yeah. I can like go outside and like ride bikes and like Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and things aren't like super duper expensive mm-hmm. and like, you know, you can just like kinda have fun wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's pretty nice. <laughs> so for context too, for con- what's up? So where do you live at? I'm in uh, Chicago. Oh sweet. Hell yeah. Yeah. You've been here before? Um, I think we did when we were on tour, we went once and I've been like, I think another time with my mom, like one time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't like really explored Chicago for real. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for context, I think you might be my youngest guest. <laughs> today. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, you are, how old are you? 26, 25? Yeah, 26. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think, uh, through everybody I've talked to so far. Yeah. Like you might be the only person even like under 30, which means like, I feel like makes me feel like I got, <laughs> I got to bring the the average age down to these, uh, old, old people I'm, I've been talking to, I guess, <laughs> no, that's cool. but I'm fascinated by it because I've got a brother who, yeah, I'm looking through who I've interviewed and I'm definitely thinking you're by far. Well, Luke was Luke. Uh, he was pretty young, but, um, yeah, uh, I think it's, it's good though. Like I, I've got a brother who's 11 years younger than me. So he's straight about your age and, you know, growing up, you know, by the time I was like 16, 17, you know, I had this like old five-year-old brother at home and then I moved out of the house and he's still like a little kid. And in a way it like locks that person up in your mind as this like kid for a a while. And then they grow up and like, I had started my life. I got married. Like I was, I had moved, I kind of moved away and, 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 um, was still seeing him as like this 13, 14 year old and everything. And then, yeah, eventually like it hit a point where, you know, when he was into his twenties and I felt like I had kind of like a new friend because we mm-hmm. kind of relate a little more, but it still took some, it still took a little bit of, uh, time and maybe even still to this day does just like the, the age gap and like, you know, yeah. uh, not that it really matters, but I'm specifically, and he's not an artist or anything, but I'm, I am really particularly interested in um talking with younger artists who came of age on the internet and like a sort of like the generation right after mine when it's probably been a part of your whole life and i feel like one of the main conversations i have with almost everybody has been 
like the impact of the internet on their work and, and life. And obviously yours is like so intertwined, maybe as much as anybody I've talked to. Um, <laughs> but like, how much did you like, when, what was your like first introduction to a computer as a kid? What was the first? Uh, uh, damn, I don't know. Like literally, I think. So my dad like really liked music and stuff. Like he was like kind of a singer. My mom was like a celloist and stuff. Like they just really love music a lot and stuff. Um, when I was a kid, my dad would go on LimeWire and just like download like a bunch of songs and stuff. And I feel like I was probably like my friend first introduction to like mm-hmm. like the computer because it was like I would go on the computer and be like, oh, okay, cool, what is this? And he's like you need to like go here and like download this like torrent link or whatever. So you can get like the <laughs> coolest song and stuff. And you'd be like listening to like these like crazy techno beats in the car and stuff. It was crazy. Cause like, I thought that was like how the internet works. It was like this secret lab of like, yeah. you had to go through just to, like get some crazy, like cool information. And like, you know, like hack into the deep web. Mm-hmm. But like, for the most part, I was just kind of like playing like video games like it was like yeah, pinball yeah. machines or um it was like cookie mama or something like that it was just funny like past the time or like pajama mm. sam or something but okay. uh, yeah it was like i think that was like my real first introduction to like the internet and then like it wasn't super duper prevalent until like i got out of high school because mm-hmm. that was when i started to use like photoshop and stuff and then I was like, oh, okay, cool. Now I'm like using the computer like every day. But before yeah. that, was, I'm on here trying to get um, LimeWired songs or like download Boondocks movies and like put it on my MP3 player and stuff mm. and like walk around. It was cool. Yeah, it's wild to hear you say that your dad, like your dad was using LimeWire and stuff because that, you know, I guess that probably would have been like late nine, well, early 2000s, late 90s. I mean, yeah, yeah. you were, damn, you must have been really young. I'm thinking, but yeah, I guess like 2000. That, that that was probably like 2002, three, four, when like Napster, LimeWire, all that kind of stuff was like really like kind of going. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was like, that intersected my life when I was like, you know, like right at probably 15, 14, 15 years old. And yeah. um, so you kind of caught like the tail end of it. Um, but it's wild to think about growing up with this stuff. Um, you know, so my, you know, I guess also to contrast then like, what was your, and I'll kind of bring it back around to that, but mm-hmm. did you grow up drawing? What was your creative, like, I guess yeah, your creative output much. or interest as a, as a kid? And was it computer based at all? Or were you, what was the. Uh, my dad um, and all, like all his brothers, they used to draw a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And they would like have like these super skinny, like sketchbooks and stuff. Um, I would like steal them and look at them all the time. <laughs> you know, it was just like, <laughs> yeah. I thought my dad used to like, make the cartoons that was on the TV. I thought that was like his profession because I had no idea what he was doing like uh, back then. And so I would be like, oh, I kind of want to do the same thing. I just like mm-hmm. make cartoons and like draw Oprah Winfrey and stuff. And then like, she just shows up on the television, <laughs> you know, like Batman and like, you know, they'll just like show up on the television. And that was like kind of my whole thing. And I would go to school like middle school, high school, and just be like, yo, we should like draw like stick figure comics and stuff like that. And we had like mm-hmm. a gang of like four kids and we were just like all drawn in this uh, composition notebook and we had like hundreds of them. And that was just like our day-to-day life. Like we would go home, like do our homework and come back to school and then like draw, like try and fill up as much of this composition notebook as we could with like mm-hmm. comic book stuff. And then like go to the library, read like mangas and stuff. 
and then dip. And then it was like, sort of like rinse and repeat like every single day. And then I think, yeah, high school was like when I finally got into the computer stuff. Okay. My friend Terrence got um, Photoshop. He he got it on the computer for me on a laptop. And I was like, damn, this is crazy. And I was like, when I started doing like photo editing and like, um, yeah, I was just doing photo editing for like a while. And then I started to actually like do digital drawings. So like, oh, Photoshop, like I can get a bamboo tablet, all that kind of stuff. And then college was when I started to get into like videos, like 3D okay. and stuff. So, Where'd yeah. you go to college? This place called Watkins in Tennessee. Um, I don't even know if it exists anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, but, what did you go for? What did you go for? So I originally went for fine art, um, but they like, I don't know. They like weren't teaching me what I wanted to know. Cause at the same time I was doing the digital art and like the 3d, I, I was the only kid that was doing like 3d animation at that school. And I wanted okay. to go to SCAD for animation, but you know, those prices are like yeah. insane. So I was just like, I'll just go somewhere else. And, um, yeah, I wanted to go for like fine art, um, to see if anybody like knew anything about 3d or any type of animation or whatever. And they obviously didn't. So I was like, I got to figure out like the way to like change my major. And I changed it to graphic design because even though they weren't teaching me animation, they were still teaching me like, you know, like how to make money with art and like the principles of like Photoshop and Illustrator and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is fire. Like I can like, you know, get down with stuff like this. And then once I like kind of learned the basic rules of graphic design, then I like, just taught myself how to use like 3d and animation and my concept okay. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm really interested to talk to you about how you learned because I also didn't go to college because of money. I like, for me, it was super intimidating thinking about the costs. And I think my parents were a little overwhelmed about it too. And so like, you know, when I graduated high school, I took what I thought was just going to be a year off. Um, while I made save money and like eventually went back, went to college because I thought that's probably what I needed to do. But in the back of my head, I wasn't super interested. And I realized how much I was learning and rapidly learning on my own. Um, and I don't think I like saw the future or anything, but I definitely think that I felt like I'm, I'm learning a lot in books and magazines at the time. Like there was all these, there's a magazine called computer arts. Um, that was really like a, pretty formative magazine for a lot of kind of artists in my generation, like kind of coming of age, like early two thousands. And there was a lot of tutorials in it and interviews with artists and kind of before social media, that was really where I would learn about kind of who else was out there. And, um, I just, I became really fixated on and obsessed with this stuff, but there was no YouTube yet. There was no, there were just, it, it wasn't even like a thing at the time, like in 2003, four. So you were really kind of at the mercy of, of, like books and like Photoshop books and just yeah. kind of following along like that. So it's really not that different in principle to the way that you and, and a lot of younger people, you know, to, to me at least would learn now, but it's just so much more robust and advanced what you could go learn and how much you could go learn. Um, and I'm just constantly amazed how many people I meet who have built entire careers for themselves through watching YouTube pretty much. And I, I yeah. think I, I've only in the last like six months been really thinking about how much I think I'm underestimating YouTube. Like I, I, I use it so casually and, and to just watch like videos of bands I like play, or I watch like, you know, look something up and then I close it. I don't really think about the economy of it and and the education from it that I think maybe other people have really grasped. And I'm starting to realize that's probably a mistake. I think like <laughs> leaving YouTube uh, sort of, 
aside is a huge mistake, I think. And uh, I would like to, I guess for one, I'd, I'd love to ask like, was, was it specifically YouTube where you started finding like the tutorials and things that you needed to, to learn and you just like kind of got obsessed and just stay yeah. up and just watch those and copy it. And until you started getting the hang of it, was that your kind of I think channel? Like the cool part um, about most of like YouTube. Um, I'm like one of those kids where I like will go to sleep watching YouTube tutorials. Yeah. So like, because uh, it's, it's not even necessarily that like, um, like I want to know like a specific skill or like a thing or whatever. I just like, like knowledge and stuff. Mm. Like I got, I'm like one of those kids also that has just like a gigantic bookshelf full of like art books and shit. Yeah. Like I just want to know like how things are done and like how yeah. shit's like. That's made. huge. Honestly, like that's the one thing you cannot teach. I, I like, I'm just, yeah. that makes me happy. Cause like, I think all the most interesting artists I know and not even just artists, but there's the most interesting people I know. I always say, I think, are the most interested to people I know. Like the the ones that are most interesting are the most curious people and they just want to like yeah. just learn a little about everything and just feel like there's not enough time in the day to absorb what they want to absorb. Not and yet, that's exactly. just like so key. That's like the, that's like the if you cool got that, like it, it all just kind of flows out of that, I feel like. Facts. Yeah, no, like um I I think I just got into books for real, for real, like probably like two years ago. Cause mm -hmm. like before I was literally just like a YouTube kid and I hated reading books. So I was just like, I, there's no re reason for me to even get into it. Mm -hmm. and, and then I realized that there's a lot of information in books that just are not on the internet. Like mm -hmm. it's kind of insane. Like I would be, that was like my full frontal, like, like ideology was that you could get anything off the internet as long as you yeah. just like looked hard enough because like people just love putting information on there, especially if like, video games and like cheat sheets and like all that kind of stuff or whatever it's just yeah if you know how, how to look for it or like where to look for it or like what to type in on google like you could find pretty much anything yeah. but yeah like books like have insane knowledge in it like you can't find on the internet and i've tried so many like i'll literally buy a book just to see if i could find it on the internet somewhere mm. and it like usually doesn't exist i'm like holy shit it's kind of crazy but <laughs> When you say yeah, book, like, can you can can you go specific? What's uh, what are a couple of books that are like your your grails? Like what are what are some of the books on your shelf that are like this one was a major influence on my life? Or I always like I just look at the spine of it. You don't even need to pick it up, but you look at it and you just like you feel something from it. Are there yeah. a couple a couple in particular? So um, there's this dude um, that does um, movies for, it's just like a bunch of really cool like anime movies. Um, his name's like Miyazaki Yusa. Um, I'm probably like butchering his name, but he's just like a um, Japanese artist. He has like a bunch of books um, that he has like word processes of like how he does stuff and like where he gets all his like materials from and like the types of pencils that they use and like mm. all that kind of stuff. Like, tried to find like i didn't even know there was like a process like yeah, yeah. on like this stuff like when i was trying to find it on youtube you can't even find interviews and stuff like it's kind of insane and it's funny too because like when you travel the book finding gets like even crazier because yeah. um like when i was going to japan like we found a bunch of like really cool books and um i didn't even realize there's a whole amazon like a japanese amazon that you can go to that's just like straight up has like crazier like all the books that you would like want um, they're obviously in Japanese, but like I'll sit there and like buy the books and like sit there and like translate it on my phone, trying to like find like what they're talking about. And like you can't you can't get that kind of stuff on YouTube because like you can't even type that stuff and 
to Japanese to get like an interview. Like you have to go on like specific websites or like mm-hmm. you have to be on like their news channels or like all that kind of stuff to even figure it out. Yeah. And then, like as simple as like like Virgil's books and stuff. You, yeah, like he has so many interviews and like um like all that kind of stuff. But like the books that he has, like it tells you like the literally the hard drives that he uses and stuff like yep. throughout his entire career. It's like you're not gonna find that kind of stuff on the internet. And then like, um, yeah, the blue book he put out as part of his MCA show here in Chicago. Um, I have gotten to know the guys from Playlab pretty well, and they're the ones that worked with him to compile all that stuff. And he basically handed over just like dozens of just all these hard drives, like all his stuff, and was like, Here you go. And they part of their job was just simply like sifting through just the the quantity of just you know like two decades worth of of you know research and inspiration images and photoshop files and just like all this stuff that had accumulated and then sort of archiving and sorting and sort of curating those images and then making sense of it all and um yeah his impact is just obviously uh i think still um and will forever be pretty felt by like that's what was so magical about him like his work and his story and his like everything about what he did spoke to just the most sort of like basic like sneakerhead like hypebeast kind of kid but also to the most like granular nerdy sit in front of photoshop all day like geek out over anime geek out over like learning some new trick in illustrator like that was really who he was. And I think that was really the power of like him talking about that stuff and making people feel like it was cool actually to like yeah, be the one doing that stuff and geeking out over it. And, and uh, yeah, that's, that's huge. I, I think those are really I think um, that's like a cool part of the internet too, is that like, yeah. I feel like when I was in like high school and middle school, it was like sort of like a lame thing to want to like know information and like, to be on Photoshop all day or to be super into like sneakers or to be super into anime or something. Mm. And then like through the internet, it has become cool now because you get to see all of the perks of it in like 20 minutes or like less. And so it's like, Oh, okay, cool. Like you have like AMVs, for example, like for anime, it's like you get to see literally the coolest parts of the anime without having to see or know anything about it. But like before that, that like AMVs were like something on YouTube that existed for like three minutes, and it was like a hardcore anime thing. Like if you didn't know, even re- recognize it, unless you were like a part of that community and stuff. Okay. But now it's like on TikTok, like in your face, like immediately. Like you don't even have to try to look for it. Yeah. Um. So what was the? I'm trying to think. Like the, the timeline here. So college, and you're getting into this stuff, and you're starting to learn a lot. Um, you obviously have a really recognizable sort of like, you know, very noticeable, understandable style now, um, that you work with. Um, was that, were you already into now, by the way, I'm not going to pretend to know anything about anime whatsoever. I don't, (laughs) but in the interest of, you know, being very interested in in you as an artist and my, every guest that I have, I just, I, I always see like, this is my chance to like, to learn. Um, so what, like, what was it? And maybe I guess this could back up a little bit, but like, how did you get interested in that? Was it just like art books? Was it the friends you were around? Was it like a certain one that you saw? Um, Because obviously it permeated into everything, you know, that you do today um, that we've not even scratched the surface of. Um, Mm -hmm. But so I understand like the art trajectory and getting into all that stuff. 
was were you already into it when you went to college was was this something that yeah, you already knew um, you to figure out yeah anime was like um a thing in my life since i was like literally like a child uh like tsunami and adult swim they just like put it in your face like every mm-hmm. kid's face especially like all the kids that i hung around we were like i don't know like i wasn't a skater but like they were like skater kids that had like emo like dried hair and they're like all black so it's like very different kind of crowd of kids but like we would all go home watch tsunami and then like come back and like be like yo you remember like the new episode of naruto or something like that like that was like our day-to-day lives especially with the like and then us drawing comics and stuff didn't make it like any better so like um, but um yeah no like that was our whole entire life was that like we were watching anime since we were kids and then it only like got crazier when we got to adults because like adult swim and like Tyler creator started blowing up and like all these other kids started blowing up that were just like i guess like young jake and all them or whatever they started to mm-hmm. make adult swim even more popular which brought more yep. kids to adults yeah, yeah. and like, more people started to watch more anime mm. and then like i feel like after that point it was just it was over with everybody just kind of knew after i think i think literally after i graduated college it was kind of like a anime expo was getting bigger than ever like mm-hmm. uh comic con was getting crazy momocon was getting like a whole thing or whatever but yeah we really like when we were, when i was in high school we were going like anime conventions and it was like probably like only a hundred thousand kids and stuff so mm. yeah it was it was crazy yeah that's wild it's like such a yeah i think if it's something you if it's something that you don't get into like i never got into it and i also think my age, I just don't think it was part of mainstream culture, like at all. I mean, when I was in junior high and high school, you know, and I mean, I'm thinking like right in the middle of high school from, I graduated high school in 2003. So I think like in, like right in like sophomore year, maybe let's say in 2001, like I, I can't even picture a kid wearing, I mean, maybe like an anime shirt from like a hot topic at the time or something like some, hello kitty or like a even honestly i can't even i can't even remember like i just don't think that that was like around oh, and yeah. then the so i think it just kind of missed me but it's one of those things that's unavoidable like i would always go to art bookstores and it's you know like looking at like, yeah. graphic novels and anime stuff was kind of right alongside that and it was just something that i kind of yeah i just never understood and then I think for me and a lot of people who are maybe more interested in art than like takashi murakami kind of came along and I I shouldn't say came along, but rose to prominence, especially through, you know, like, you know, I I remember real early days of Bape and, and like learning about Nigo and um, learning about, you know, just some of that real early cause stuff and real early, like when I was, you know, 18, 19, and then he did, you know, Takashi Murakami did that cover, the the Kanye cover. That was, that was like really that really like busted the lid wide open. I think on people being interested in it becoming a crossover appeal thing that was no longer just like, you know, so it took people like Mm -hmm. Kanye and then Virgil and Tyler Mm -hmm. to, I think almost bless it and make it a thing that didn't have to be nerdy or they liked it. And they were just like, you know, I did the cover for Lupe fiasco for food and liquor. And he was the first one who, when I met him, he was, I mean, he's like, I mean, I don't know how familiar you are like with, with him, but I mean, he was mm-hmm. like really into anime and he was the first musician, first rapper. I think that was like, I'm going to put this stuff front and center and I don't give a shit if people think it's corny or what, this is what I'm into. And so like on the cover, there's all these little anime references that I worked with and took photos of. And, and there's a whole story about the cover. It was inspired by this one 
graphic novel cover, this anime cover that he was into. And I don't know, I really respected that. So like, I've always, I've never fully understood that world, but I've always had a lot of respect for it and the artistry of it and the influence of it. Um, yeah. And it seems like it's only just getting more and more and more yeah. popular and becoming like more understandable. Crazy about like anime culture is that it's like now invites the idea of like subcultures becoming a thing because yeah, like yeah. now we have like, since it's like, we have the whole anime culture becoming like a super huge thing. Now there's like, um, what is it like techno, not even techno culture, I guess, but like, um, trans culture and like, um, side trans culture and like, like dance culture and like all the mm-hmm. other stuff or whatever, like all these like random genres of like things that were like basically the same amount of like popular back then as anime was are now kind of coming to the forefront. And it's like still, like not as big as like how anime is but it's now becoming like even crazier than it was before like it's like now hitting the forefront of like pop culture and stuff and you know something's big there well you know it's big when there's like spin-offs i think that's like okay like now there's and those spin-offs are becoming their own huge huge thing and i think people too like for the most part it's like if like there's one person that like makes something really cool. Now there's like a kid that's inspired by it. And it's mm-hmm. cool because like, since now there's the internet, it happens like way faster. Like before sure. it was like, you had to be like your magnum opus, like old self die, basically become like this legendary artist to like, then inspire some kid to like do something like almost 40, 50 years later. But now that process happens in almost like five years. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it's like, um, like I witnessed it in like real time where it's like, I'll do like an animation or something like that. And like when I was like working on Daedric City and all that kind of stuff, um, I was like making the whole anime, like the short film or whatever. And then did the whole like Yami thing or whatever. And then like we go to concerts and then there's like a kid that like shows me his phone and it's like a literal like animation that almost looks like mine but like it's like like fire i'm like <laughs> i like this this is crazy and then they're like yeah. i would like ask him like how long have you started and it's like oh i just started like four years ago like i saw your thing and i like yeah. immediately opted to this like 3d program and started going crazy it's I'm crazy like, that's wild like that's <laughs> how fast how fast yeah i mean because like what'll be interesting is for you like when like let's say 10 years from now when you're like my when you're like you know 36 like for you to talk to somebody who's your age now or even younger somehow this stuff is going to keep getting more efficient keep getting faster keep getting i don't want to say easier to learn maybe more accessible i mean i guess software can make things easier obviously mm-hmm. and we're seeing you know ai so quickly becoming so powerful so fast um that a whole new generation is going to find ways to harness that for better or for worse, it's going to happen. So I guess, you know, you look out for who the real talents are going to be and how they're going to leverage and use that stuff in ways that nobody's really thought of yet. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it must be wild for you to, you know, be sort of as young as you are, but be as many years into doing what you're doing and then have an experience like that where someone's showing you something they made that they're influenced by. Like that's, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty powerful like chain reaction of sort of uh, effect. I think it's like cool too because like for the most part um when like the tools that we used like back then it's like how we created the art and i don't know it's like it feels kind of like archaically cool to like use like old funky technology just mm-hmm. because like stuff progresses so fast yeah it's like yeah. 
when you have like instances like that, it's like the only reason I came up to that solution in the first place is because I was using like this old weird clunky technology. It's obviously going to like change after a while just because like, you know, like even with like AI stuff, it's like I can put like a, like a million posters in a room in 3D now because like I just like literally drop some of my art in there and be like remix it to look yeah. like a billboard or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah like 40 images of things that i like want to use and it's like that like simple stuff like that makes things way faster and i feel like kids like of today when they get on the computer that'll be like their lime wire yeah and that's insane like because when they yeah, grow yeah. up i like that insane. it's gonna like, it's crazy to think man i got i have two kids uh, they're almost six and almost two and the fact that technology and i think every generation and every yeah every generation thinks that they're at the forefront they really do i mean like i remember when yeah. i we we upgraded our family computer to like a 56k modem before the cable internet became accessible and yeah. it felt like it was so fast i could download one song in like a couple minutes you know what i mean <laughs> like i mean really i know i sound like old and washed but i mean at the time that felt like a big deal I'd yeah. go buy like a new Ram at Best Buy and put it in my computer and it would make it yeah. feel like 10 times faster. And you think that nothing could ever be faster than this. <laughs> like, yeah. it could never... But we are at a point now where even just what like a human being can even process visually from like screen technology, for example, like how much better can things really look? Like I watched, you know, Toy Story 4 with my kids or I brought my daughter to see, you know, Elemental and, and, uh, it's like at some point, I mean, you will be able to just remake like any human live action movie and it's just, you wouldn't really know the difference, but as far as animated movies go where you want it to feel, I mean, it's so good. Pixel density and screens are so good. I mean, there's a point at which like our eyes can't even process. How fast? It's just like, how, how, how good can hair and water look? I feel like that's the, in volume, you know, in, on a, yeah. on a movie and on, on things like that. So there is something kind of beautiful about using technology or a program or software that almost purposefully isn't as pristine. Like I already almost yeah. miss, and this is funny to say, but I already miss mid journey version like three or four when, or it was like maybe even two when it first came out and everything just looked real fucked up because now it's so perfect. So that's like, like the weird part about it too, is that like, that's where I feel like, you know like vaporwave and like those like uh i don't it's like a it's like a whole like subgenre of like vaporwave and i feel like yeah. the whole reason that even exists is because of like what we're going through right now with like ar stuff is like we're going through technology so like and it's funny too because like there's technically went by like a little bit slower like um so there's like what the the 70s 80s like 60s 70s 80s 90s or whatever that was like that whole time with like different styles and stuff but like they went by it like in literally a decade and like vaporwave is just basically like paying homage to all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. um but like in a like pseudo like mixed way of culture um and i feel like the like they were saying that the reason they made this whole entire art style is because they like missed that time period and it went yeah. too fast they like needed to just be like, wait, let's like slow down. Like, let's Dude, remember no this. One, no one's stopping to process anything, really. I mean, I yeah. think we're just so like every day I see a new, you know, we're like, I don't know if this is on your Twitter feed, but in my like for you tab where it's just suggested stuff, it's just always these guys who are like, create what here's here's the new AI, the thing, new AI this thing. week. And it's like a roundup every of day. Mid journey 
the, you know, open AI announces this revolutionary, and it's just like, okay, you know, it's just, it's so much, it's just like bombarding. Um, and I'm not like a, opposed to that. It's just, it's breakneck and it's so much, it's so fast. It's, it's so good. So quickly, yeah. even, yeah. If you just think about mid journey, just how good it's gotten, how quickly it's gotten, like as good as it has is mind boggling. It's just hard to process, but at the same time, uh, it's becoming such a powerful tool that it's just impossible to ignore. I mean, I use it all the time for assets, um, rather than kind of like the way you said to like make posters, like for background stuff, mm-hmm. I'm more personally, and this is just me. I'm not really interested at all in using mid journey and AI to generate an image and then just be like, all right, there we go. Like yeah. I'm done. I feel like that's not really like the artist way either. Like, yeah, I mean, like you just like make an image and then you like upload it. I feel like in that kind of sense, like it would be like more of like a collage of like, hey, these like collection of images is like where my head's at. Yeah. Or like if you were to only take the one image, I would heavily like edit it because I'm like, this isn't like, like it looks good, but it's not perfect in any sense of the word and not necessarily perfect in the way of like, Oh, like the hand has like five fingers, or like yeah, the yeah, eyeball yeah. like slightly switch swivel to the left or whatever. But like it's not like you, for instance. Yeah. And so like you kind of like messing around with it or like doing some other process to like make it cooler. It's like like almost like more fun. It's like, don't you want to do that? You know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think it's important only to add, and it's not to take away from any artists who are only using it in a prompt way, because I think there's a lot of context and taste that goes into i I mean honestly like i think when i sit down it's like all the references that i've built up in my mind throughout my life and specifically throughout my internet life over the last like 20 years 25 years all sort of comes out when i sit down to like type a prompt it's like about all these things to pull from that i've been Mm -hmm. putting into my you know sponge brain over these years and i finally like have a chance to pull something out kind of bake that into a, a prompt or whatever. And I think that certainly has merit that artist. There's plenty oh, of really yeah. amazing artists who are just stopping there. But for me, yeah, I like, I, it's excited me to have this image made and then take that image and cut something out of it or push it further or do something with just that as a sort of reference or a source and then build yeah. on it or whatever. But um, so, well, anyways, I was kind of like, I, I I've I've had to be careful not to get into like full blown AI based sort of conversations with everybody because yeah. I think it's pretty pretty easy to to go on that path. But um, what I want to know is like, so after college, you know, I mean, again, this is all in the last I mean couple of years, pretty much given given your age. So did you go to school for how many years? Did you go to school for how long were you there? Uh, four years. So you're there till you're twenty two. Yeah. So I started school early. Um. So I graduated at um age 21 okay yeah so uh a lot's happened obviously then in the last five years and maybe (laughs) it really accelerated just in the last couple years but um yeah like what what do you consider to be like the first project that made you feel like this could really be a career for you and and really be like a viable thing that wasn't just Uh like you know you messing around or did you have any other jobs by the way like between when I was in college, I was actually doing a shit ton of music videos for like okay. a bunch of rappers and stuff because I was like, I do, like in my head, I was like, I don't want like a regular job because I know that like it would take away from my art stuff. And I was like, instead, I would probably hate it like while I'm in it, but I should just make the art stuff like my career. 
and like figure out a way mm-hmm. to like make it a thing now while I'm in school. And then like once I get out of school, I wouldn't have to like think mm-hmm. of a way to like make money. Yeah. Um, and so like, um, yeah, like while I was in college, I was like just doing like everybody's music video. I was just like, can you like anybody who wanted it, they could get it or whatever. And I was more so like not even necessarily doing it for like a crazy ass cause, which is kind of insane. Uh, now to like go back and think about it. But like, it definitely gave me like the, um, oh, like I can actually get paid for this, you know, like yeah. I can like, um, like do things that I want to do and not have to struggle for real. Because like a lot of kids that were just, you know, like randomly doing whatever they were like, oh, like school sucks. And like, they're not teaching me anything. I'm like, yo, there's, there's a lot of money out here. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, I'm gonna tell you, there's a lot of money out here. And then like, um, when I got out of college, I got lucky enough to um, get hired on to like uh, one of my friends' projects. Um, this dude named Mike um, that I know, he's like one of uh, friends with one of my other homies. They got me into a project um, with Marion, which is like a French producer. Um, and we started working on like his new albums rollout for um, the concerts and stuff. Um, I started doing like the background visuals and like helping out with like the concepts and like the mm-hmm. graphics for it. And we were like um, in a house for like a month and we just worked on art the entire time. And then afterwards we like went to like all the rehearsals and we went to like Lollapalooza to like see it realized. And I was like, that was the first time I was just like, oh, this is like- a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Made it real. Crazy. Like we really went in like a room and was like, this is gonna be the image. And then like we big scale projects like made it happen. And I was like, Oh, I should do this for the rest of my life because it's really mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> did you make did you make any money on that first on that project? You got yeah, yeah. Okay, that was like okay. the first project that I made like a shit ton of money. And I was like, oh damn, like I could like <laughs> it, it was funny because so when I was in school, I had a bunch of debt and I was like, um, okay, I need to not be in debt, right? So then I was just like coming up with like X, Y, and Z plan to like get rid of like all this like money that I had to. And that one project got rid of all the debt. And I was just like, Amazing. oh, this is cool. I love those stories, those first moments of, uh, I had a very specific one too. The first time I got paid for a project, you know, doing work for a magazine for, it was for ESPN magazine and, and, um, you know, still living with my parents and, um, the guy on the call, uh, I had just kind of cold emailed him and he got back to me and, uh, he was like, yeah, all right. So the budget's three. And I was like, cool. And I literally thought he meant $300. And yeah. I, I had like, I really had <laughs> like hardly any money. <laughs> and I was like, all right, tight. And like, sounds good. And and he was like, cool. All right. So 3000 And then um, we'll talk about the deadline. And I was like, <laughs> just kind of sat there trying to pl- plan it cool for a minute. And then when, I mean, honestly, I, mean, I, I was, so that was in, I was 19. I was still living with my parents. I think I had just turned 19, um, had been thinking about moving out and into an apartment with a friend, but it felt out of reach still. It was like when I'd add up all the bills, I'd be like, God damn, like I, I've got like, I have, I don't know. I probably have $2,000 in my bank account. My parents definitely don't have money for me like this, you know? And so when he said that, I was just like, Oh my God. And I ran upstairs and I told my mom and she like yeah. legitimately cried. I don't think anybody ever just made $3,000 before my family on like one thing. Um, and that was a very specific, very yeah. clear moment for me when I thought if I can do that again next month with a different client or them or whatever, 
and again, like, how can I repeat that? And yeah. if I could do it again and again for years, like this could be a thing. Um, it's not going to mean I'm not going to worry and be anxious about like the next project that comes through. And I think as an independent artist, it's sort of one of the curses of it, of it. but, yeah. uh, that moment, that reward of seeing your work and being paid for it and feeling like roundly appreciated, like, you know, for the work and then, you know, being compensated is just such a huge breakthrough Indeed. because you're yeah. like, all right, I'll do it again. And then I can avoid working at a restaurant <laughs> or yeah. wherever, you know? It's so um, funny, dude, because like trying to explain that to my mom was like insane. Cause what, did like, they what did they expect you to do or think you were going to do or hope or like, whatever? My mom, and I feel like till this day, she basically still has no idea what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> like it's like very hard to conceptualize like okay. that. Sure. Like I make art on the computer and just kind of like mm -hmm. do whatever or whatever. Um, and I feel like maybe like last year, she kind of grasped it because we had like the concerts or whatever so she could finally like see everything sure, like sure. the dolls and plushies and holograms and like the videos or whatever but like before that like literally I, I remember like I would like go out um and I'm not like a party person or whatever um I, I literally just like kind of work and then if I do party or something like that it's because like I like did something at the party so like I'm like hey you know but um there was like a um there's like a time in my life where um, I would go out and I wouldn't come back home till like like five six in the morning and it was because mm -hmm. I was shooting music videos uh, out with my friends or whatever like we'd go to this place called Mean Streets and we like basically be working to like the break of fucking dawn and sometimes we wouldn't like even leave the studio like we would be there for like four days at a time just like working on stuff and there was a wing nest there and it was just like just like a chicken spot and then there was like a Goodwill and we would um and then um i think like down the street there's like a walgreens or something like that and then there's a shower inside of the actual studio this is like a music studio but we just it was like three of us we were just like artists and stuff um and we were like staying in like the photo studio we would like change our clothes by buying uh stuff at the goodwill we would like eat at the wing nuts like every day and then like we would like get our like, <laughs> a little you had like a commune going like a little, nah, little yeah. campus yeah 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 we had like a little art camp going on and like um yeah we would spend like four maybe five days in there at a time or whatever and we would just like be grinding like all the time and then but like when i would go home i would have like six seven thousand dollars worth of like like literal cash and she's like are you drug dealing? Like, like it's just like, what are you yeah. doing? You don't come home until like five o'clock in the morning. If you haven't like been gone for like five days and then you come home with just a shit wad of cash, like in like <laughs> literal cat, like you have to be drug dealing. And she was like, she would be like getting like, like visibly angry at me. And I'm like, no, I'm like shooting music videos. And she's like, you're clearly lying to me. There's no way you're just shooting music videos and doing art and getting like yeah. this much. And I'm like, there's a lot of people that want music videos. Like, like it was like, we, I don't know. It's probably like if we did 14 of these for 500, we can get like a shit, a shit ton of money. Like it's not that crazy. And if we were out that long, you just edit them. Like editing wasn't even like a hard thing to me to do any, at that point. So we were just like making a shit ton of cash, but I would come home and she's been yelling at me. And then I'd be like, yo, like, I don't like, I think like I've got the receipts. Know. I have the files. Like I can <laughs> show you. Yeah. yeah. But that was the thing too. It's like, I would show her that kind of stuff. She's like, I mean, like, yeah, you did this, but who's going to pay you that much money? Like sure, she still sure. couldn't wrap which it is, around her Which brain. is, I mean, 
which is fair. I think that's the sort no, of yeah, that's, that's the why. Yeah, I was like never a, mad at her about it because it was just like I totally get it. Like if somebody came up to me on a foreign concept and be like, "I made a shit ton of money," I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously, this is like yeah. the dog ate my homework scenario or something." Yeah, shit. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was. Crazy. I think it's it's. So were they supportive, but still just kind of scratching their heads like this whole yeah. time? Like, is it like still my like dad, like? My dad was an artist, so he like kind of understood. He was like, okay, "Oh yeah, okay. like, I know people that can do that kind of stuff." And it took yeah. my dad to really like talk to my mom to convince her, like, "Yo, he's probably actually not selling drugs." Like, look, this kid doesn't really do like. He never really went out as a kid. Like, he was drawing comic books when we were like fucking five. I don't yeah. think he's like out here like partying and doing drugs for real, like for five days straight going on crazy. <laughs> then come home to like seven thousand dollars, like that, like logically doesn't make any sense. And she you're was really like, doing the most like exact thing that uh, someone in their early twenties should be doing, pretty much. Yeah. Like, she's like, now's the time, man. Like if I like I stayed up last night till like midnight, and I just like oh, this morning, I'm like, God damn! Like I used to stay up till whenever. You know, yeah. obviously now with kids and everything, it's different because I know I'm going to be up every day by like 6.15, 6.30 to get ready and all that yeah, stuff. Right. But yeah, that really is like, enjoy that. I mean, even when I was yeah 26, it was just like the luxury of that is kind of not really caring that much about your sleep habits because you're so excited <laughs> to work. If you're so excited to work, like I really believe that you should like fully embrace the the night owl. And if you got to wake up late, then that's, it's, is what that's it is. Like you're laying the foundation, you're laying the foundation. People um, always ask me that too, because especially it's so funny because my mom is like such like not that she's like not a creative person like at all. So like it'll be things where she'd be like, "What time do you like wake up this morning?" Like she just randomly text me like, "What time do you wake up this morning?" And like you I, feel like I, you're I, in trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like and I'm like I I haven't gone to bed yet. I'm I'm sorry. She's like you haven't gone to bed yet. You texted me two days ago and said you like. It, like having you just went to sleep like what are you talking about like yeah. it's still like it's still like mind-boggling there but yeah like, yeah I, like sometimes i don't have a sleep schedule unless i have like a meeting or something i have to attend to but for the most part it's like i'll just wake up and go to sleep whenever and, and especially yeah. and i don't drink coffee either so it's like one of those things where like Damn, if I'm, it's tired, crazy. I'm going to bed like yeah. and if i'm like awake then i'm just awake and i'll be more awake than i am sleep for the most part so it's cool i didn't i, I didn't st- i love and i drink coffee and i love coffee now but i didn't start drinking coffee until i was probably around your age right now a friend i was working on a project late with a friend and uh, we were at his office and it was like 11 o'clock i knew we had a few more hours to put in and i was like man i feel like i need some caffeine and i just had like a can of coke or whatever and he made himself a cup of coffee and i remember looking over and be like that looks so much more like that your vibe right now yeah. Not even appetizing, but I was like something about sitting there, like holding it in front of the computer. Like it felt more, I don't know. I'm like, I don't it's know. I just, I was, yeah. yeah, it really was. And even now for me, sometimes I'll just like not even want or need coffee, but I just, I won't even need, but I was like, I just want to be holding like a, a, a comforting warm mug. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like a like a, a blankie, you know, as an adult. Yeah. And I, and he's like, I'll make you some. So he did. And that was kind of like the moment where I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. But um yeah i think the the hours thing yeah that changes and comes and goes but man like right now like last night literally i was working on something that for the first time in a while i was like mm-hmm. i could st- i could probably stay up till four o'clock in the morning working on this if i if i really wanted to but i obviously i need to stop yeah in the morning and go from there um but uh when those moments hit you can't ignore them i'm yeah. really glad i didn't you know when i was first starting out cuz that was some of the best work i ever did and some of the most excited i've ever felt was when it's like 1am and you're like 
I'm just getting started for the <laughs> like, <laughs> just beginning. Like I'm buckling in. I'm going to be up till four or five. I'll go to bed. I'll wake up late. And then that's, you know, that's it. Is that, are you, are you like that now nice. still? I think that's like been like my whole vibe like recently is like learning how to like navigate do that because like for the most part it's like now I have like um like meetings and like a business and like clothes and like all this other stuff I have to like basically like have responsibilities for it's not just like me in the studio with four kids just like dicking around or whatever yeah. and you just do whatever and so now it's like when I do have like those moments of like I want to be up for like two or three days i know like the next day i won't like wake up type of shit but like yeah. if i have a meeting i have to like prep for that kind of stuff and so like getting into like flow state of like just wanting to make art all the time is like it's not necessarily like challenging or whatever but it's like one of those things where you have to like now strategically understand how you like how to get into it mm-hmm. and like when to get into it so that like you can probably like no adult in life yeah and so like now i'm like okay cool if i get super excited about some something or whatever i'm like i have to um like and, and i want to keep going i think usually like going to bed like makes it cooler because when i wake up in the morning the first thing i think about is like okay i need to do this thing because i'm like yeah. still excited about it and it's like as beforehand I was like super excited. I'll work on it all night and then I wouldn't wake up the next morning because I'm like super fucking tired or something like that. And so I'm just like prolonging the creativity like spawn until like the next morning. But like in doing that, I've also realized that like things like social media can burn out my creativity like mad yeah, hard. It's sure. like those things where like you'd be like, oh, okay, cool. I'm super excited to like work on this thing. And then you get on TikTok and it like burns out your dopamine like immediately. When you wake up in the morning, you're not going to work on shit. You're just going to want to get back on TikTok. And so like if I do have those moments, I'll be like, I literally would just delete Instagram or Twitter off my phone. Mm, I'm like, all right, okay. cool. So I'm literally going to bed. Or like, like, no, like knowing you're going to redownload it, but you're like right now, I just got to like erase it from my... Yeah, like, in front of me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like having that whole like, okay, cool. I'm just going to get rid of like these like crutches of like internet or whatever for now. Mm. And then like I'll scroll on Reddit because that's not as bad as like any of the other ones I feel like. Um, just, I don't know. It's like, it's like almost reading a book to me, but like, I don't know, other people's books. But yeah, it's like, I'll do that. And then like, once I wake up in the morning, I'll still have like the like creative energy to like want to like do the same project over and again. Yeah. yeah. So, so what was the, cause again, like your timeline is so fascinating to me. Cause like, you know, to, to move the conversation onto NFT stuff. So, you know, for me, I had been, I think, you know, I first learned of NFTs in late 2020, um, and from from D at Zora was the first person that ever even introduced the concept to me. And uh, at that point in 2020, I was, you know, probably about 16 years into my career. So like this concept of being able to sell something that was digital was just like very confusing, but also interesting to me, you know, the thought, mm-hmm. I mean, cause I had, you know, I had an online store for years and you would spend hours filling out customs forms and going to the post office. And also, so my first thought was, oh, this is nice. I could maybe sell work without having to go to the post office. That'd be pretty sick. Like, um, that was like, that was almost at first why it was interesting, but I also just, it took me a while to understand it, but it intersected my career at a point where I was like, oh, if this works out and is a thing, that'd be like a nice icing on the cake. And if it doesn't, then I'll just keep doing what I've been doing. Um, 
for for you, what was your what was your introduction to them, and what did you first think? Like, were you into crypto um, before at all? Like, what was the first time um, you ever? I like knew about crypto, but like in like a way that had nothing to do with art, like at all. Mm-hmm. I think the only like other time I had an interaction with like just like crypto stuff in general was I was doing a commission for like this lady. And it was like a video about like some Barbie doll or something. And then she asked me, she was like, do you want to be like paid in cash or like crypto? And I was like, I want cash. Of course, give me like cash. And then like in my head, she was like offering me like, it wasn't like a lot of money, but I guess technically if I like let it sit there for a while, it probably could have sure, yeah. yeah, obviously. But um, yeah, that was like my only interaction back then. And then like, uh, yeah, I think it was probably around the same time, like 2020, 2021. Um, no i think it was um i was just on twitter or something and somebody was like yo nft blah 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 and then they just kind of saw it like you just started yeah. about it one day yeah yeah sure and then my friend blue hit me up and he was like yo we should like get on foundation because they're like selling art on there and i was like oh that's kind of funny like yeah like why the fuck not you know like that sounds kind of cool and then we went on there and it just started going crazy and i was like i don't understand what just happened like yeah, and, yeah, yeah. like and then like it was funny too because like when it happened we were like oh this is kind of cool like we can like make this a thing like this can be our career or whatever and, like a whole thing and then but the immediate reaction was like how do we get this money out of this account into our Would bank you- account that was the <laughs> first thing we thought about i was like yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what do, what apps do i have to download to get this into my account um and then did after you, that I was can like, it, can it, do you mind if i ask did you were you able to do it all successfully or did you have any bad uh experiences oh send it to like some burn address the first time no it was it was like completely successful for like coin right, okay, okay. not even on yeah. some like uh like on some uh what do you call it um endorsement dealership but like Cash App got not Cash App. Uh, Coinbase got me right that first day. I was like, "Did you feel wow. nervous though?" The first time you sent that money from MetaMask to Coinbase, and it leaves, and you're like, "Oh my god!" And then it takes no, a little the while. First like, thing a- I thought about was taxes because, like, I was yeah, like, "There's yeah, no yeah. reason, like, there's no way that this was that easy." Like, it, that was like my first thought, and it was funny too because, like, my friend Blue was like just yelling in the background, like, "Oh, we made it! Like, we did a bunch of shit! Like, oh, we're going crazy!" And I was like. Yo, the like the IRS is about to have a fucking field there. It, like, yeah. cause I know that if I did this, and I'm like, I'm not like dumb, but I'm not like the smartest person or whatever when it comes to, like business stuff. And I was like, if I know that I'm stupid enough to do this, I know a bunch of kids are around like the world yeah. doing this right now, yeah, just, and they're probably <laughs> like the IRS is like, oh, give me oh, that. Yeah. Like what? Give me that money. You, so when you got the when you got your so the first thing you ever meant and I I did this with uh, Jen the last time it was kind of interesting to talk with her about those first pieces but the very first thing you ever minted was on foundation and it was the future dot oh one that's the first one ever and it yeah. sold for th- for thirteen point two ETH this is March seventh twenty twenty one which is like twenty four thousand dollars or so at the time were you yeah. like freaking out was this I was like freaking out because it was like i did like i did nothing like i just like you know it's like not in the necessarily the sense of like the art but like in the sense of like i didn't promote it i didn't dude, like go out was, anywhere 
Like that was the thing about that time. It was like if you just even were like on the front page anywhere or like whatever, like there were people there ready to bid. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It was like crazy because yeah, like none of that stuff like left. Like it was literally like I made an Instagram post and I got paid 24 bands for it. And I was just like, this is crazy. Like, are you serious? Like, (laughs) did you did you pull the money right away or did you hold on to ETH or were you like I probably should just take this cash or I took out half of it because I was like in my brain I was just like. There was like a couple things that I had. Like one was taxes, so I was like, I don't want to yeah. take out the. Full like thing. I'm putting aside like, the taxes. Yeah, I'm then, so happy to hear that. There's so many people that did not consider yeah, that. Think about and it's that. like yeah. you're like, this is still money I'm making. I probably got to pay taxes on it. Like, yeah, and then on top of it too, it was like one of those things where like I feel like there was no law on it yet. So I was like, yeah. they're gonna make like I was like, I know if I just made twenty thousand dollars that easily, someone's going to make a law because they want that money. Like it, there has to be a way to like they're gonna like want to get around that. And so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna keep a lot of this aside. And then on top of it too, I was like, if I make more money like doing this, then having it in this like like crypto bank like we'll make it way easier because then i can mm. just like navigate through a bunch of different bank accounts afterwards or whatever yeah and so like you know i was just like thinking of the future and shit and then um no yeah it was it was easy i was like damn this is fun like <laughs> it's crazy and then uh so you did to- it looked like total you did five like one of ones on there um and then you did yeah was yeah, so that looked like that was. Did you ever mint anywhere else or, or do anything besides yeah. those handful on the foundation? We did, um, because I was like how I met like Jory and everybody, right? Um, that's what my next question was going to be. Your next, yeah. what was your next step? It's like we did the foundation stuff, and then, um, in between foundation, like I had met Jory, and Jory was like, Hey, like, I don't want to be and scared. Just for, but... just for listeners or context, um, I actually met you through we share a, Jory. a manager, Jory um Teplitsky from um company called YMU and that's how we met and mm-hmm. um but yeah so I was curious did, did they just reach out and then so they were like represent and work with you as management did they reach out to you after discovering your work and was like hey yeah. would you ever be interested was that how that kind of next step came yeah about? and it was very nice too because like the way they really pulled up was like on some like we're not trying to like interpede, but if you need help, we got you. And I was yeah. like, Oh sweet. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then yeah. they're like, uh, like signed the contract or whatever. And we like started working together and it immediately was like, so we're going to New York. <laughs> like we have to do all this stuff, like NYC mm-hmm. and like whatever the hell, like Miami art basil. And like, we just like literally hit the ground running, like going to all these like little shows and parties and putting art everywhere and like doing all that kind of stuff or whatever. And then we did like Sotheby's and then did like Next Museum. And then, like Next Museum was cool because it's like in Amsterdam. And we like flew all the way the hell out there and like met like so many cool people. And then um, did the whole like Miami Art Basel and like sold there. And then when I went to London for um, um, Sotheby's, that was like my next like, oh damn, this is kind of crazy. Like, cause it was like my work was like hanging up to like the people I like read about in books and like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like all that other shit. And I was like, there's a Banksy painting right next to mine. Or like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, what yeah, the yeah. fuck? Like, it was like, it had nothing to do about money at that point. I was like, what did you display? Really what, what were you, uh, what did you have there? So we had made that, I had made this like physical piece. Um, um, it was called radio one, but it was basically like a whole yammy, like, um, yeah, I guess it was like a like a high relief, not high relief. It was like a low relief, um, and it had like the um, her eyes cut out, and then we put like a video on the background. 
Um, okay, cool. And it was like that, and it had like a bunch of little circles around it. You put like videos behind that. Too. And for you- people, for people listening uh, who might not be familiar, Yami is one of sort of your characters in your universe. Can mm-hmm. you? So I should have asked this a little sooner, but I mean, with all the context that we have now from your yeah. kind of story, I guess. Uh, and I guess this takes us out of the NFT realm, but I think this is important to to touch on, of course. But um, first off, tell me about the name Ocean with the S, and then tell me about this the world and and the characters within it. I think yeah. I'd be I'd I I would be remiss to go through all this and make sure not to like give you a chance to talk about what you're actually making these characters that make up this this world. Yeah, so um, Ocean, like Ocean World, is basically like, the world that's inside my head. Um, I came up with like the idea of like Ocean when I was so when I was a kid, we would go on um, cruises all the time, and I would just like go to random islands, and go see the whole entire thing or whatever. But like I was mostly more interested in the actual like sea that we were traveling on because it was just like we went to an island and that island and this island, but we never went underwater. And, mm. you know, it was like, and I know from books and TV and shit that there's just like a bunch of stuff under there. And the fact that like, we can't go under there, it has, it's like technically its own little world. That's like, and, like that's like either like an old stoner thought or like a nine-year-old. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I would have been the same way being like, what's under there? Why, why can't we go down there? Like, yeah. You know, it's like, it was, it like really like boggled my brain that like, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah the reality of the situation is like we can go to anywhere above water but when it comes to underwater there has to be a specific way we do it and like like i was a bit also like interested in space when i was a kid and i was like it was the same thing it was like you go to another planet or you go out of space or you go to the sun or like whatever the hell there's like very specific like things that you have to do to like get into like this specific atmosphere and i was like this is like another world like regardless yeah, yeah. of whether you want to call it or not it's like this is a technically a whole different universe or whatever and so like when i was like oh, i'm just gonna change the c to an s i was like this is like the world that you have to go into inside my brain because like now there's like a whole different type of specification that you have to go mm-hmm. through to get there whether it's through a book or a tv or like a uh channel or like whatever the hell you want to call it or whatever it's like you have to get there like through specific means you can't just like go there on some like regular shit and um yeah that's where i like came up with the whole ocean world thing and then um all the characters are literally just like different spurts of like inspiration where it's like yammy it's just like i want to create like an iconic character l is just like i want to create a secret character sad boys i want to create a funny character and like all Mm -hmm. of them exist inside this world doing adventures whatever the hell but they also have like um an existence outside of like that um universe where they're like yammy's a singer that like does concerts um and you mean that literally and that's what you mentioned you were in chicago so Mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit because that's such a cool departure from just you making yeah. art now it's you making this very physical it, real life yeah. thing and that's one thing i remember jory telling me about it but it's something that i don't it's like a whole culture and world that i don't really understand <laughs> yeah. um but like seems like a i mean there's such a rabid fan base for this stuff so but tell me like what like so what does it mean for to for you to have created a character mm-hmm. and again this is for you know, I'm sure you're going to have people who are fans of your work like listening who are like, get this very under, like they already understand all this, but somebody who really doesn't and is like learning about you, like how do you explain a live show of what you've created? 
Yeah. So um, essentially, we um, pretend we, your mom just asks you. <laughs> yeah. No. Nah, literally, that's exactly the question. So basically, we create like a hologram, um, and what it is is this like net that um, has like a bunch of holes in it. Um, it's painted with like silver, um, and it has like the application to like mm-hmm. catch light. Um, so you can like do a projector on it. Um, we have like a reverse projector that like shoots so we can like literally put it anywhere we want to, but basically, um, yes, just invisible net that you can't see in the dark. Um, and the only thing that you can see is the projector that like shines on it. Okay. And my friend Dico, he like is the one that makes all the music for Yami and like himself and Doom Doom and like all the other characters that, um, yeah, made. Um, yeah. And so, um, the concert is basically like. You pull up, you get like a cool like light stick. You can go to the shop or whatever, but um, there's a hologram and it sings to you and you dance around and you have fun. And um, there's like also like the DJ in the back that like um, spins the songs and stuff. They like mm-hmm. wave hey to you, they like say what's up. It's like really cool effects going on. And So you and, yourself aren't performing or anything. you're there setting everything up, but then you're just like, Enjoy so I actually do um, uh, on like one of the openers or whatever because um, I was like DJing on the side just for funsies mm-hmm. but then Dico was like you should do an opening because your music fucking wild and I was like oh okay sure why not um, but yeah so I do like a DJ set um, which okay. is um, I have the playlist already there um, but I like live mix the visuals while like the show's going on Sick. Okay. Um, and so that's like pre before like Yami and Dico and them come out um it's fun. <laughs> well, yeah. you guys, where'd you where'd you go? Where, where what all like cities did you hit? Because you did like a um, kind of proper tour with it, right? Yeah, we did like a smaller tour. Where did we go? So we went from Georgia all the way up to Toronto, and then we went all the way around the other way. Um, and then so we basically hit like all those outskirts cities, and then we like kind of went down into like the middle parts. Like we hit like Texas and like all the other stuff too. Um. Where else did we? We went like a lot of fucking places, and it was funny too. Cause so like we built um this bus, and we like painted it white, and we have like solar panels on it, and like we got like a shower and like a bunch of bunk beds in there, like nice. a kitchen, and all this other random shit. And so we like literally traveling around like the U.S. in this fucking hippie bus. It was so <laughs> funny, but that like sounds it, fun. I bet it's fun though. It was fun as hell. However, there was like this crazy. So we were going through like a blizzard storm the whole entire time we were on tour. Um, And so like things like the solar panels wasn't working because it was cloudy all the time because it was literal snow on the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we had to like account for random stuff like that. But it was like more so like more fun because it was like we were like living like a pirate adventure almost like it was kind of ridiculous. But um, how many yeah, of you yeah. were on the tour? Um, so it was me, Digo, Yaz, um, Cone, my friend Austin, and one of his friends. Um, so it was six of us on the bus, and then the bus driver, so seven. But yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. And you don't have too much. Is, is the setup pretty oh, light? Yeah. Like it's la- laptop and like yeah. you your equipment, but it's not like you're lugging around stuff like a band with like guitars and drums and shit like that. Yeah. So the funny part, too, is the only thing that was like super duper heavy. Um, was the actual projector that we have to use okay um i don't know how many fucking pounds that thing is but it like always took like two of us to get it off the fucking bus and it was like yeah. 
like and there's ever like stairs we were just like bro come on like are you serious <laughs> like there got to be an elevator somewhere around here like some kind of forklift because i'm not trying to carry this oh shit um, okay <laughs> and we had like little pipes and like pipes and drapes that we had to use so we can like set up the holograms but okay. other than that like it was pretty simple setup um but yeah it was still like oh damn we got it and it was like pretty much diy like um Dico found out how to get the holocaust net off the internet because it was like somewhere in like Ukraine or something that we had to get oh, it from. Oh wow, okay. So it's yeah, not something it's, you just go to like their local AV shop and buy this. This is yeah, no, we crazy. were like concepting. So the crazy part about like the whole like Yami thing was that so I think Yami blew up. Um, I don't know. It's like I don't remember what time that was. I think it was like two thousand like eighteen or nineteen or some shit. Because I was like right when I got out of college. Where did um, it blow up exactly? Was it on YouTube or yeah, on YouTube? So okay. This is place. Um, this is YouTube channel called Astari. Um, and it just the like the, they're like super awesome kid that like lives in Sweden, um, like the Netherlands and stuff. Um, and they just post music people's music videos like. Um, like if they like the music, they'll like, um, and you give them the music video for it, they'll post it up and like no strings attached, no, like you owe me like a thousand dollars. No, you got to shout me out or any of that shit. They're just like, bro, I'm just for like, I just want people to shine. Um, and so like, we were like, Hey, we're going to, um, shoot this music video. We went to Japan and stuff like that. And we shot like the fantasy star music video and then we came back edited it or whatever and then we gave it to a starry and he put it up and then like blew up or whatever and everybody was just like talking about it and like going crazy and we were like oh she go on tour and we were like we don't know how to tour a virtual <laughs> artist like that doesn't make <laughs> yeah, any yeah. like you have no yeah. and so like that entire time we were trying to concept how to even make that a reality and so like we were like um we we were like in D- and this is like when I was still like living with my mom and stuff. I would like pull up to his house like every two or three days and like stay over there for like a weeks at a time. And we would like go to Home Depot and buy like a big ass thing of glass and like shoot like projectors through like glass and be like, how does this not like bounce off the walls or like mm. what angle do we need to shoot it at to where like it doesn't like mess up anything? You're like what kind of structure do we have to do? Like, if we uh, were to do it with glass, how are we going to travel with it and not yeah, break yeah. it? And then we like, we bought a fucking van and we we're like, okay, cool. Can we shove this thing in the van and like make <laughs> it not break? Or is there like another thing? And then we finally found like the fucking Hologos net after he, I don't know, you're searching like two o'clock in the morning on some like random shit. It was just like, yo, what is this? And we were like, mm-hmm. oh, this is perfect. And then that was also around the time. I think it was like, um, Jory was like my manager for like, three or four months at that time or whatever. And we're like, oh, we should like set up the tour now because like we finally got the whole thing. And um we got the whole that goes net. We like finally tested it out. We had the projector right. And like, yeah. Um we were just like, all right, let's start doing it. And um our other uh manager Troy um pulled up and it was like I'll do all the routing and like all that kind of stuff. Like, cause he was an actual like music manager, not like art manager. So he was like, yeah. okay, cool. Like I know how to like do all this stuff. And um yeah we finally like got it pulled together and that entire process took like two years so then fucking um but it was crazy because like when she blew up the first time we couldn't do anything because we were like we don't know like like what like how to even like bring this to like like fruition or whatever and like it was cool but like everybody 
a lot of people would probably be content with it just being big online, like, and just being yeah. a lot of things are big online and you don't do anything about it. And like, yeah. IRL, like it just is what it is. But, and I think the cool part about it too, is that like, because we waited so long for it to happen, um, we really created like a, like a fan base for it. Because like, for the most part, most people usually like, they'll get a big song they'll go on tour and then they'll like, you know, do the whole entire thing. They kind of get burnt out because they're like literally singing every fucking night trying to like, mm -hmm. you know, get more fans or like, appease the fans and stuff like that but we like waited and we didn't do anything but like we just kept pulling out music and like we kept doing visuals and like kept doing playlists and i was like still coming out with, like the whole ocean world episodes and stuff like that or whatever and we're doing like vr parties and um like we're just doing everything else but literally touring so then once we got to touring like motherfuckers were coming like from everywhere just to like come see this damn show and it was like like we had the first like atlanta show and literally everybody from all over the united states like came to this like one oh, like, wow. were you, were you like, surprised were you or did you expect that at all or were you totally surprised all the way because like uh. like the places people were they were like we came from fucking Argentina or like we came from Texas or we came from like New Zealand or we came from like fucking Toronto or like Quebec or something. I'm like, you came to Atlanta for this one. That's crazy. Like mm -hmm. that's insane. And now we're like, Oh, okay, cool. Like we actually did the thing. Like, you know, like we like, cause like, I guess like my, in my head, I was like, damn, we didn't do anything for a long time. Like I know the hype is there and stuff like that. And we'll obviously sell out, but like, what is our actual reach for real? And like, I was like, oh damn, that shit's like international at this point. Cause like everybody and their mom was just like fucking with it. So I was like, it's cool. I like it. Yeah. Do you, uh, what are you doing right now? Like, what are you in the middle of working on at the moment? Um, so I'm like gearing up to like upgrade everything. And then at the same time, like make new stuff. So I'm working like the Ocean World anime, like the season two stuff. Um, I'm also like making the manga um, for it um, in like physical book form and just like regular, like just online. Mm -hmm. And then um, I'm like working on like making like virtual production studios so we can do like live like stuff. Um, and I guess like to better explain, like, um i wanted to do like twitch stuff a lot um but at the same time like i don't know i see a lot of people just you know randomly just on twitch you know like real life and i wanted to try to treat it like a tv show almost mm. um to where like you know you tune in at a specific time and you like catch like some talk show or like um somebody like doing something else or whatever like i feel like twitch is like the perfect place to like do like a television show and so my whole like goal right now is to just try and do that as best okay. as we can. Um, yeah. And so like, yeah, I'm not getting some of my friends like do like um, live talk shows. And then um, I'm getting other friends to do like live streams for like video games. And then um, I'm getting other ones to just like literally just like simply react. And then we're like doing skits and like all this other stuff. But um, yeah, we're like trying to do it all in this like one gigantic like virtual studio that I'm trying to like mm. build out and shit. And then also just like making like art art is also like a big thing of mine. I'm trying to like make just like art pieces again because mm. I feel like I haven't done that in forever since like does everything does it does everything start digitally for you or do you just ever think like a final work would be done as a drawing or a painting or are you most um, comfortable starting and composing everything 
I like starting it out um, in physical, um, like like literally like sketching or something like that, and then I'll try and go into dig- digital. Um, but now I'm like in the headspace where I'm like I want like the art to do like a bunch more. Like like I like because when I was like a kid, when I started to learn like um, concept art and all that kind of stuff or whatever, I was like this is cool, but I wanted to like move and like interact or whatever, which is why I got into animation. And now I'm like in animation, I'm like I wanted to do more again. Mm-hmm. And so like now I'm trying to get into like gamifying shit and like making it like. Um, like interactable and like um yeah just like you could do things with this object that is now an art piece but it's still like technically considered an art piece or whatever yeah, yeah. um but yeah For, oh, that reminds me of the uh we you and i did a a fun uh collaboration together although mm-hmm. that was one of the ones where I, I feel like i gave some some art and then you really like just ran with it and went wild <laughs> but made made basically and I, I feel like to this day like i, I part of me was like you know, that one piece as part of my infinite pressure collection, that one piece of the 99, just like it should have been its own separate thing because I feel like it, it was like way under the radar. And the people who did see it and interact with it were like, holy shit, this seems, this is like pretty incredible. You made a playable uh, game you could interact with, like on OpenSea and everything. And right yeah. when you, uh, it was, was it, what character was it? Um, it was just, it was like your character. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. run, like run around and like, and like in this world and, and just like fly through. And I was just, I remember uh, when I saw it for the first time, I almost got emotional because I was like, wait, this is how someone interpreted like this very sort of simple yeah. prompt and like artwork I gave. I just thought it was incredible. Um, we'll try and figure out a way to like, I'll have to like relink it um, and, and show people. But it was really one of the first times where I realized, I remember like, struggling with the concept of how that could be an nft and it was like it's just like an media and we're just pointing it to, but it really challenged yeah. like what i thought of what could be minted you know it wasn't it was something yeah. that was interactive and stuff that was that was so I sick think that was like the thing about like nfts that are like most mostly like i mean like the money is like cool and shit but i think like the one thing that are truly truly loved about like nft stuff is that like it was like revolutionary like revolutionizing like art in a different way that was like almost like insanely electronic like it was like the way like we used art like for the most part in like the past or whatever had almost like its final destination for it to be valuable almost had to always be physical and now it was like now it's valuable on the internet and now people are kind of like pushing towards like how do we make this even more like cooler so that it's not just like like just a picture but like a picture is like still useful but in the sense of like how can people like that don't understand that a picture is valuable like now see that it's more valuable and like it was like um like that project that we did it was like the reason why i was like trying to do that in the first place is because i was like i love your art a lot and i feel like a lot of people that don't know about art that pull up to shit like this and they don't understand and they'd be like it's just a picture or some shit like i'm like well let me show you how like we can apply just this picture to like an even crazier situation Mm. and that you would love it even more and then that way once you go back to the picture you now have like a full like like emotional response to it because now you've gone through the entire experience with it and like um that was like my whole like ethos behind like trying to create like projects like that is that like um i feel like nfts made it to where like 
you can use art in a way that like it's still art but it's like now usable i guess i don't even know how to explain it but like mm-hmm. yeah it's just yeah. like the way it's like progressed it like made it easier to want to make art more cooler yeah. than it was before yeah. yeah have you uh how have you felt like during the kind of um you know obviously in the last you know year um everybody talks about like the bear market and everything for me i don't really i don't know i find that irritating and like talking about the what type of market we're in to me i think that the nft market started off um at least on a mainstream scale so hot and so big so quickly and like you said you put something up and you didn't even promote it and it just sold for that much money it's not to say that your work isn't worth that much money a lot of people experienced that and and put stuff up and sold it for a lot of money and now many artists have experienced this come down and it's nothing to do with their work being less valid it doesn't have anything to do with their talent it doesn't have anything to do with their promotion tactics it doesn't have to do with them as a person or popularity figure whatever um most artists unless you're like this real sort of like blue chip level like artists have experienced like you know and even those ones too a more normalizing of what you know prices for you know of work um and i think a lot of artists have cooled off and backed out a little bit or taken a step aside a little bit to try and figure out you know how they want to play you know given things of cooled off and you know personally like i think that's good i think that's healthy mm-hmm. i don't think it was ever sustainable for artists to put stuff up and have it sell for more money than they'd ever sold anything for ever before like i think it was great and i think that had its moment but i do think that it's put artists in a position to have to think a little more to maybe sell you know like the idea of the open edition or a much cheaper even you know free much cheaper thing to more people as opposed to trying to sell a one, a one of one, um, all that to say, what's your sort of, where's your head at with, you know, in relation to that, have you, you know, given it much thought, does it exhaust you to think about putting an NFT out and then trying to sell it? Like, you yeah, know, I think like, like for the most part, like, um, like the way I thought about like the NFT, like wave was like almost like how I thought about like the, the rap industry in a way, um, is because like, um, um, when we were going to like all these like random parties and stuff, they were like almost treating us like we were like royalty in a weird ass way. Like I like, and that was like a weird foreign concept to me. And I was like, we would go places and people were like, oh, like I know exactly who you are and I know like everything about your life and like I wanted to do X, Y, and Z. And like a lot of it, like I feel like it had to do with like a lot of money shit, which yeah, is for sure, which is like crazy to think about. But fucking. um like that whole entire time when like all that art was getting sold for a shit ton of money and we're like going to all these crazy places and like all this shit was like basically happening and stuff and like even like with the people shit where it's like you went from like basically posting art on the internet all day to not being a fucking jimmy fallon type of shit yeah, it's yeah. like it's like insane it was like every artist that was just like randomly on instagram is now getting treated like a fucking king or queen and like it's just like it was wonderful but then like the die down is like now i feel like it's like you have to actually put in this like insane amount of work to now get to the point where like you can get treated like that again and it's like it's gonna take time and like actual real cultural pressure because the only reason it was like lit like that was because it was so new and like nobody had known about it before and 
everybody pulled up on it because of like money. And I feel like the only reason people would have to now pull up on that is because of a whole different reason. And you have to now give those people that new reason for them to even care about it. But I think the whole entire thing is that like, yeah, it was, it was mainly brought about, about money, which is why it crashed so damn hard. Is that like, it was the foundation was already so fickle to begin with. Um, But I like that in the sense of like, now we can actually like go back do something that like is like fully meaningful for like the artists that actually care Mm -hmm. um and like make art that's not solely about money and like even if it was for free or for like whatever the hell purpose is and stuff like that like make really cool projects that have to do with nfts and stuff and then like make that culture like 10 to 20 years from now like make it what it actually needs to be in so and in that way, when it is like big like that, it's because the foundation of it is brought about with all these cool ass artists that made people's lives better versus yep. just like a ton of money. Yeah, hundred percent. I think I think it's important to remember that. And I think I think nothing about what the market's gone through. And I think any anybody and everybody has said this who believes in it even a little bit. The technology is not changed. Nothing about what you can do has changed. It's just become. Um, you know, I think it just reflects the real, you know, art market. There's like a lot of artists and it's not easy to sell the work. It just isn't. Yeah. Um, and it be, and, and, you know, despite, you know, how much like whatever, despite what, you know, anyone might think of people or like board apes and punks and any of the real big mainstream stuff, all the Super Bowl commercials, all the crazy, like the height of it, you can't deny that, 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 you know, that trickle down into the smaller corners of the internet as just this being a popular thing. And NFTs are sort of understood by more people and it brought money and attention in, in all these different sort of niche spots, you know, within NFT and and creative digital culture. Um, So all that stuff, you know, even if you were the most counterculture artist there was, you were benefiting from more eyes and more money being concentrated at the top because it just sort of flowed down and, and with that right. being all but gone right now, it certainly um, there's certainly people still participating and buying things and whatever. It's just for the most part, you're not one artist looking for your one buyer who's got tens of thousands of dollars to hand you. It's you know yeah that might happen for some people, but I think for the most part, it's challenged artists to get creative, do their own independent projects. There's not like you know every day some artists being a new one of one available with the link, and, it's, and that exactly. was a, a real moment. Um, but of a very tiring one, I think that could never have been sustainable. So yeah, I think it's, yeah. But do you, do you, could, do you plan on, on minting more or is, are you not focused on that right now? Is yeah, that for not- the most part, um, I like, um, I feel like when I start like minting again, it'll be like on some like real pro like I want it to be like a real project thing or whatever. Um, and like most of my projects right now have like been dealt in just like, which you're like YouTube or like anime or like manga stuff or whatever, like it hasn't been like uh, real art based or whatever. Um, but I am like slowly getting back into like, I want to be like an artist for like a little while and like see what that even looks like. Yeah. And so I feel like focus on that, that, focus on like that first. And if it happens to be that NFT is the vehicle for the work makes sense, then exactly. Yeah. 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 I like doing projects like that. Um, 
And when it was a thing, it was like cool. Um, but I have to like see if it like really fits into like the project that I'm even trying to do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, to kind of wrap up, what are like when you're off the computer and you're not up till four in the morning working on this and then getting back to it the next day? Like, what's the you out riding bike? Like, how 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 are we getting outside? Are we exercising? Are we like going out going like running like what's the out what's the outdoor uh late summer here like what's the like out of the house activities looking like i try to like explore as much as possible <laughs> like i try and like go find something that i haven't like seen before or mm. yeah either that or i'm just literally like watching a new show that i haven't watched yet because i really like films a lot like I'm, okay those kids are like biased youtube videos not like buy like films off of youtube you know just like or there's like a cool um um video like dvds play, place down the street and you have to like you have to like rent the videos um you can't like buy them um so you have to like rent them and like <laughs> yep. bring them back like that's, a week or whatever and it's, it's kind of that's funny, how but, i <laughs> yeah. well, it's funny hearing you say it like it's some like weird this is like how literally how i that was like that's my like childhood you know? yeah, yeah that's dude. like blockbuster shit. that was it's like our like, friday night was dad taking us to the video store and you pick out a video game to rent for the weekend and yeah play it and then return it <laughs> i remember telling somebody about that shit one time i was like yes yeah, so we're like gonna go to the place is called video rom and i was like yeah we're gonna go to video rom we're gonna like go rent a dvd and they were like rent to dvd like why the fuck <laughs> you know like uh, and i was like well like yeah. you know like back then you know like when i was a kid we used to fucking rent dvds and blockbuster like mm-hmm. you're a fucking old man i'm like it's fun because you can just yeah. like get it and you don't have to worry about it later like it's just it's funny it's super cool to, and then also to you like video rom they have like a bunch of like really cool like indie films and shit so it's like films that i would like i would try and look it up and you can't find shit like that it's kind of fun to have something that is like I can't put this on on demand and then decide like, I don't feel like watching this. Like, this is my one thing. Yeah. This is what I'm watching. I'm putting it on and it feels like an event. It doesn't like, yeah. you're not looking through literally whatever you want. You could look it up and just watch that. No, you've made this one decision. You've picked that's... that and that's it. Like I see my, like my daughter, you know, six years old. Like if we ever watch something or we're like, if we stayed at a hotel and they didn't have any on demand stuff. It was just like some show she liked was on TV and a commercial came on and she's like, trying to figure out how to like skip it and i'm like we can't that's you have to watch this yeah you gotta watch like you can leave you can leave the room but this is live tv (laughs) and this is part of it and you can't skip it and she just cannot comprehend that and i'm like oh my god this is wild but she can just kind of have what she wants like that that generation especially just be able to have kind of whatever they want like ads are just gonna be something that they like you know, the forward 15, 30 second thing, if they can. That's like the cool part too is, uh, uh, so I went to Japan, like, I think like five months ago, I think it's like the third time I went or whatever. Fucking, we got this like Airbnb and they had like a TV in there or whatever. And we were like clicking through it and there's like anime, obviously, but then there was like commercials and shit, but the commercials were so cool. They were so fucking fire. And then it was funny because we were just like, I can't believe one that there's commercials going on still, but then two that these commercials are so cool. And I was like, why can't like we have commercials again, but like commercials that actually like, like actually exist. And for like a small second, I was very intimidated by like going into like the commercial industry and be like, let me fix your life. (laughs) I know how to sell your things. Just make it look cool and pretty. And we can have a lot money like i was like but yeah no it's a, yeah commercials are like really insane <laughs> it's an it's well it's wild because most of it is experienced on the internet now except like 
um, during the Super Bowl and everyone actually sits and like thinks about the commercial. Yeah. Even that, like half of them interact with our, you know, phone in some way or just QR code on the screen or, you know, whatever. So it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely like evolved as a, as a medium for, for better or worse, but, uh, yeah. Any, uh, any other things you want to, I don't know. I, I feel like we've covered a lot of stuff, but I want to make sure (laughs) if there's anything else you want to touch on or talk about to give you kind of the last word here. If not, that's cool. No, no, I don't have anything. (laughs) Perfect. Um, well, right on. Thanks. It's been uh, good to get to know your story. I feel like probably only scratched the surface. And I always feel like things like this are especially, especially talking to an artist. Like, you know, if I ever meet a stranger, like as some random dad at my kid's school and they're like, Oh, what do you do? And I'm like, God damn. Yeah. You know, my stuff's like way less sort of obscure and difficult to explain than, than yours. Um, you know, my, my, I feel like it's a little more, I can be like, Oh, I'm a graphic designer. I could, I'm an artist. I could just show you these things. You know, you have a lot sort of more like intricacy early culturally to uh, like explain like the type of work that you're making. Um, and, uh, I really appreciate, um, having these conversations, but I feel like it's best when you've taken the time to look at an artist's work and then listen to these, or you listen to it and you're like, wow, I have all this information. Now I got to go like, look at their work in like, like a new way. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of how I feel now, even just like having more, more context that I feel like is almost just, it's like, it's always easiest for me to learn, you know, like a new like piece of software, or like a tool or whatever, when someone just sits with me and just spends an hour and like helps me understand it. Right. Um, it's kind of similar to these conversations. I feel like, you know, I think it's like, for me, the best way I can learn and understand because we really got to stay engaged. I can't start looking and then open a new tab and then forget about it or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's like self- <laughs> selfishly, I always end these just with like a whole new um, kind of you know set of eyes. But I really enjoy hearing your story and and your passion for learning and just absorbing everything around you. And um, I think it's exciting. Um, you know, like everything that you've done has been very resourceful. And, uh, like very, just like teaching yourself and like, just all the, even going on tour with like, wait, I mean, it's just, it's crazy, but I've just, I, I, I'm just really impressed with like, just your output, like the amount of work you've made and just this whole sort of subculture that you've, um, you know, carved out, uh, and then being open to new NFTs and all this stuff has been, been fun to watch and kind of get to know you and your work a bit over the last, uh, year and a half or so for, I think mm-hmm. two years or so. So, um, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Art is fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. That's the best the best way to end it on. I'll make sure to put that quote in uh in the description. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, Ocean, thanks so much for uh for joining me on this and uh look forward to uh whatever you got coming next. Yeah, facts. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right. Take care. You too. Peace out. Bye.